0: Get the best odds on all the big games this March. Download the Circus Sports Iowa app today.
1: We are encouraging our farmers to understand their carbon footprint. Actually make their land into a carbon sink or a place where we can reduce carbon in the atmosphere.
0: For Iowa swine veterinarian Kara Hayden, climate change is a top priority. Visit iowapork.org.
1: The Cyclone Fanatic podcast is fueled by Cody Cody Rhodes and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio.
0: Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's Monday, April 24th. Iowa State spring ball is uh, in the rearview mirror, looking towards the off season now. It's time for a new episode of football in random things. All our spring football coverage brought to you by our friends at A Plus Lawn and Landscape, longtime supporters of us here at Cyclone Fanatic. We appreciate them. They are your landscape source for everything in central Iowa. Uh, What's up, Jeff Woody? How's it doing? How's it going? Uh,
1: it's good to be back i'm uh, I'm needed for two weeks in the spring, and then uh, I get a long vacation from really any uh, reporting and broadcasting work, which is great. And I would imagine you're gonna be able to enjoy the next little few months stretch. So this is when when you can finally like take a breath and back up a little bit because for at least maybe the women's basketball program, transfer here or there yeah, yeah. hopefully the men seems like it's more or less closed hopefully uh football more or less done so it seems like you finally reached knock on wood a time where you can breathe so i'm good you're, you're welcome to welcome to the being able to relax club
0: it's nice man it's nice got about uh probably six weeks here and then football camps start so then it's just like right back at it you know it's just, just, it just is it never stops but it'll uh it'll slow down here just a little bit it's like john higgins was out there officiating aau basketball games the other day that's gotta stay sharp gotta stay sharp just gotta gotta keep the whistle sharp at all times uh we have plenty of thoughts from the iowa state spring game it's funny so you talk about this vacation that you're on i texted you the other day during the spring game had no idea i was like i have no idea what jeff has seen if he's seen anything from the spring game if he's here if he even gives a shit what's going on in the spring game, <laughs> I have no idea whatsoever. I was like, Bama float him a text, see what he says, see what we get back. And you immediately, or not immediately, but a little while later responded, you had some takeaways from the spring game, and I was like, Oh, this is just what I needed. It's time for another episode of Football and Ring. Hey,
1: we're back. Yeah. Um, no, I so it was cool. They had this is actually the first time, and it's a little bit weird because uh this is the first time that I've felt like truly, truly welcomed into the program, where like And it's probably more me than them. We're like, they have the doors open, but it sort of feels, I think I've used this analogy before. It sort of feels like, uh, you went off to college and mom and dad broke up and now mom's living with another guy and it's still technically your room, but it's not at the same time. And then they added like four additions to the house. And so when you go back to your house, it doesn't quite feel like it. And so this is kind of the first year and they had a big like cyclone football alumni reunion. So we got to see a bunch of old teammates, like, um, and two old teammates and also like the, the old timers that played in like the seventies and the, and the sixties. And you have a bunch of those guys that are back. So it was really cool. Um, so I was on the field for the spring game, just talking with, uh, you know, teammates like I was talking with cold Netton for a while, Jameson log for a while, uh, Kendall Jackson, who's now a football alumnus and his dad has which is also a football alumnus. So that's got to be like, that was a cool thing to be two generations of football alumni. So I was, I was paying attention like 70% of the time, but like 30% was just talking to friends and people I haven't seen for a while. Um, But yeah, like it, it was a good demonstration of what they wanted to, what they were working on. But at the same time, you can't put a ton of stock in it because you haven't seen the rest of what they're working on. So if they, if somebody had a good day, was it a great, was it the best day they've had in camp or in in spring ball? Or was it a a trend that they've been seeing? So like you can take a lot of these observations with a grain of salt, but like there are some undercurrents that you can sort of take. So what we're not going to be able to do is say, this guy is going to be a star can't really say like there's not enough data points to say that, but what you can say are like this group is going to be or seems different or this, um, player looks improved or looks healthy or whatever. So like caveat a couple things because of kind of the nature of the game and, and my mostly paying attention, but otherwise it was a really, I mean, like I said, it was a really cool event. And like, I felt welcomed back in for really the first time and probably ever. So that was good.
0: That's good. Uh, it is, uh, It, it's hard to judge with the spring now, because I feel like for a long time, you could kind of get away with like, oh yeah, making some sweeping generalizations about the spring. But I think the way that things are covered, you take just like more measured approaches to things like that to where like the spring isn't as big a deal. And when we only see one of the 15 days that they get in the spring, it's hard to make like sweeping generalizations, you know, like Uh you saw one of 15 practices, these coaches get to evaluate 15 practices. We're evaluating one
1: and they get to interact the the personality traits in the weight room and in conditioning and in kind of the skills and drill stuff. That's not technically spring ball, but you're probably doing st- some of it still. So like you're able, you're catching such a small slice of something. It'd be like watching a golfer play one hole. Mm-hmm. Like you might, you can take, and you can be like, that guy's swing looks really good, but let's say he piped one and he went into the trees are you going to say he's a bad golfer or maybe that was the one bad shot of the day that he had, or he, you know, drives the green on a 345 yard hole. And you're like, this guy's the greatest golfer of all time, but without the rest of the context, you can't really, it's hard to say this person's a good or a bad golfer, but yeah, you can take little point observations from it
0: for sure. All right. Well, our first observation, I think both of us uh, are in agreement. The big story of the day uh, started up front for the Iowa state offensive line and you know momentum been building all the way through the spring uh for that group i think i came away really impressed a couple weeks ago listening to to ryan clanton talk and honestly that's the first time i think i've ever listened to an assistant coach talk during spring ball and been like you know what i think this group might be a lot better <laughs> like i'm not i'm not gonna lie you know mm-hmm. and uh so that really jumped out to me that i walked away thinking like man that guy's so sharp that i find it hard to believe they're not going to be improved And I thought you could see some of that on Saturday. The physicality level seemed to be increased. um, And those guys look good. They're, you know, moving around well out there.
1: So when I was coaching with Roosevelt, um, I had running backs and special teams and the offensive coordinator used an expression that I really like. There are certain things that were some of it was good. Some of it was I, you know, I would have done differently a little bit. But one of the things he described is uh, the offensive line is like City Hall where if you're a business and you're working with city hall, it's best to keep your relationship with city hall, good, smooth, and clean. Where when you're coming up with an offensive scheme, the offensive line should have the easiest and simplest understanding of things because of how fast everything happens. Where when, when a wide receiver notices that a corner is playing six yards off and is outside leverage, and then you, Midway through that, you take three steps and they become an inside leverage guy because it changes a little bit. You have three steps to recognize what's happening and changing. If you are a guard, the guy that you're responsible for doing something with is 13 inches away from your head. So you don't have time to guess and be wrong. You have to know very, very confidently what is happening, what you're doing, what your responsibilities are, what the goal of the play is. And so the simpler you can keep it, not because those guys are dumb, because oftentimes some of the smartest people on the team are your offensive linemen. It's not because they're dumb, but because they don't have processing time due to the nature of the position. And what it seems like is when he's saying, I don't care what you do, but be violent, like that expression that he's talking about is trying to get people, it seems like what they've done and what they've made a concerted effort of doing is letting these guys get out of their own way. And because you don't have time to think I have a 313 pound defensive tackle. That's right on my outside shoulder that I have to somehow get outside of. And he doesn't want me to get outside of him. How do I got to do that? If I think, if I'm thinking so technically about what's going to happen, using a golf example. Again, if I think about hitting a perfect shot, then I'm probably not going to just like basketball, right? Like you don't, don't aim it, shoot it. Right. You just follow your mechanics, eyes in the right spot, whatever. So same thing with foot with uh, like blocking and the offensive line is you got to be confident and trust where you're going and then just go. And so, over time, the execution and where they're going to be going is going to tighten up a little bit, but the confidence to just let them get out of their own way and just go and not react and not think and not whatever, and not have to process stuff, the simplicity of the communication between them and the setup of everything. And then the aggression that allows you to play with, that is the biggest difference between last year and this year. And and that's again, a very outsider's perspective, but I like, the means of communication that they've got and how they're communicating back and forth, which then, like I said, allows them to be more physical, allows them to cut it loose a little bit more. It allows them to be violent because they're not thinking about perfect steps or perfect alignment or perfect, whatever. It's just, let's get here. The play's going to the right, go get them.
0: Yeah. That's what I thought was interesting when Clanton was talking and you could tell that he's just a good teacher, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, to hear him talk about how they're breaking football down to where it's like when they start the play they want the offensive line to know this is why we're calling this play against this scheme why we're trying to attack it this particular way and like that's then that's the baseline of like what you're going to do what do you need to do how do you accomplish your job so that we can accomplish this goal in what we're trying to do as an entire offense you know and it's not just about like what you do individually. And you have to think about doing what you do individually perfectly every single time. It's like, no, this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to make it happen now, go do it.
1: Yeah. And you like the, a more a granular example of something like that is, um, if you're running outside zone to the left or something like that, if you don't communicate with the offensive line, that the play is designed to hit outside the tight end, and you just say your steps need to be left or something, you need to get, if you're a right guard, you need to get to the left of this guy. And you never communicate the the true intention of the play. Nothing's ever perfect. And so if I go to take my steps to the left and I don't quite get that guy, what do I do now? Do I try and uh, get in front of him? Do I try and push him up the field? Do I try and climb up to the linebacker I do whatever? And so when you communicate the mean, like the intention behind the play, what is the goal of this whole thing? We're trying to get, our running back outside the tight end to the front side safety. If we can get him, if we can get Gyrell one-on-one with the front side safety, we're going to trust that he makes a miss and I don't care how we get there. And so when the guys are going and th- something's not perfect, they go, I don't need to be perfect I'm just going to make sure that I get enough of this body that I can keep our running back free so he can get to the front side safety. And so then you know where your leverage is, you know what your miss is. So then they can understand the overall theme of the play and not just think I need to step to the left. Oh, it didn't go right. I'm just going to go run around now. So you have an intention behind it. So like, yeah, communicating the overall concept of the play and then allowing Allowing a respectful enough communication that you can be creative enough to figure out how to get there. Like using basketball correlation again is probably the best shooting coaches aren't the ones that say your elbow needs to be three inches to the left. The best shooting coaches are the ones that are trying to get you to totally believe that when you set your feet, feet balanced, catch the ball in your right position and believe that, I mean, that thing is going down. And it's kind of the mental uh, coaching of we'll get you to the right spot now. We trust you to go do it, and like same thing with the offensive line. And Clanton is like, this play is going left. We need you to get left, and our here's your goal steps. Here's the best way to do it. But if when in doubt, just make it so Jirell can get to the front side linebacker, front side safety. That's it. So that's kind of the stuff that, yeah, it's freeing them up. It's not making it so burdensome and so thought process. It's just cut
0: it loose and go run. And there's there's talent in that room. You know, like I imagine Ryan Clanton saw some of those guys coming in here, and he's like, oh yeah. There's something to work with here.
1: And the the margin between success and failure is really, really small. Uh, like, I, I, when TJ first got there, the team was terrible and they went to an NCAA tournament right away. Now, granted, you're infusing different players, but some different players, but there are still some that kind of carried over. And you have the capacity to get more out of a person because. Everybody at this level, especially a a roster that's as talented as Iowa States is, they have the capacity to execute it right. And if my, as an offensive lineman, if my face is just on the wrong side, or if my step is a little bit outside or whatever, I don't have the time to to get it right, or I'm not confident, or I'm not strong enough or whatever. And there's a, a, a guard or not a guard defensive tackle. That's right in the hole where I want an opening to be. If I can just get, 1% 1% faster and get my head on the right side. Maybe the running back has no one in that gap. He then makes one cut and there's nobody there because the safety was just out of place and you're off for a 90 yard touchdown. Like those little almosts are really not that different from bad plays. It's just one little tiny bit. So the talent they have in the room is plenty enough to be good. It's just a matter of getting everything to be tightened up and more consistent and to understand where your misses are going to be.
0: And some of the best people I think to ask uh, for their opinion of those of like another group's um, improvement is like for the offensive line, it's like asking Hunter deckers or asking gyro Brock. Like those guys are never going to say like, Oh yeah, they haven't gotten any better, but you can tell in their voices. It's like, how much do you believe what you're saying? You know, Mm And they were both asked the other day, like how I, I mean, I asked Hunter, you know, how much have you seen your offensive line grow? And I mean, both right away, like their faces light up. You can tell that they can see it in practice Mm -hmm. that the group is getting better, you know? Yeah. Well, and I
1: think the, it was, it's also hard to tell with pass pro because like it at no point in spring ball has Deckers been sacked Mm -hmm. zero times. Like that would be the dumbest thing that you could do. If you're a, uh, uh, offense coordinator or a head coach is allow the defense to go full bore and hit your quarterback because he's it's, that's why there are so many rules to protect the quarterback. Like last thing you need is to go live and a full scrimmage. And then someone rolls up on the quarterback's ankle. Like that's the last thing you need to have happen. So it's a little bit hard to like in spring ball, totally say, yep. Pass protections a lot better. The running game though, that's different because it is full go with the running game and to have Gyrel healthy, he's then able to see and feel the difference of being connected with the offensive line and knowing and trusting that when I go to take my steps, will what I want be there, be there. And so that I think I would take Jyrell's word a lot for that of saying, like, if he totally feels comfortable, if he totally feels connected, like he knows that if, if I'm supposed to get to the outside, I start hoofing it to try and get to the outside that I'm going to get there and I can start looking at the safety because I don't need to worry about the linebacker running through I don't need to worry about the defensive end because y'all y'all take care of that I'm going to watch the safety so like if he can if he's confident and trusting enough in that he would have seen enough to be able to make that justification
0: and he looked back to full strength on Saturday he looked Uh, good he, he, he had the one run where he made the made the cut on a defensive back and then and then bolted for the end zone I mean it was that was as good of a run as I think he's ever busted off.
1: And he also, I'm pretty sure he like in a, in a, uh, inside run kind of short yardage thing, sent one of the linebackers off. I don't know if it was a stinger or something like that, but like when Jirell is healthy, that dude is a load. He is an absolute tank to try and bring down, which just shows the difference between Iowa Jirell and, you know, TCU like just the difference between the two is huge so when he's healthy i mean he is really good and the thing that he operates with is it's a smooth type of violence where he's not ever like when you watch david montgomery run i wouldn't describe david montgomery as smooth no
0: he he david montgomery is like uh watching a basketball player who's out of control all the time but it works right you know he's like he's uh functionally out of control
1: yeah. And it's just, everything is like chaos. And all of a sudden you're like, how did you get nine yards out of that? Yeah. And then Brees is s- so smooth, like still violent, like he's still going to lay his shoulder down, but so smooth. And Gyrell's like somewhere in between there, but he's probably towards the Brees side of the, he doesn't look like he's moving as fast as he is. He doesn't look like he's fit as he's going to hit as hard as he does. And then when he does get to contact, like he will be the aggressor in most of those situations and Cartavius didn't play. Um, so, but I would guess based on the production that he had and d- if they're able to get healthy, I would imagine those two guys are going to be the primary bell cows. Um, because Eli Sanders has a little bit of work to do still. He's just got to get more confident with everything. And then our, uh, AJ Harris is just, he's a little small. So like, he might be your change of pace guy, but and, the, he's, from, and he's new. And he's new. Yeah. And so like the physicality that Gyrell and Cartavius are going to play with will match the violence that the offensive line is going to play with, which feels like the character of the offense will fall somewhere around those two guys. Plus the offensive line is it's going to be a much more in your face style offense, as opposed to trying to be um, a smooth sweeping style offense. They're going to they're Marshawn Lynch. That's mm-hmm. what they're going to do.
0: What do you think of the the times when they would move the running back up to the H back position? Do you see that? Yeah, well they would do it because it was pass row. Like they're yeah. that's
1: it is so stupid not to do that. Like, okay, so what they're doing and the description, of what you're trying to say is that so they're they would have the running back and it was in generally an obvious passing downs where defense already knows you're throwing,
0: right? They're like working on, they were working on like third and 11 and fourth and 12th.
1: We don't need to pretend like we're going to run the ball here. And so if there's a double a gap blitz, there's a linebacker in one side of the A gap, just right to the side of the center. And you have another, another linebacker in the other A gap. So the center has to pick one of those guys and maybe the guard has to pick it up. Like there's a bunch of ways you can block it where if there's a guy in the A gap center goes to his right, Then the left guard comes to block the other guy. And then the tackle comes down to the other defensive tackle. But then there's a big guy left a defensive end that's left. Nobody's blocking him. And so a lot of times with double a gap pressures, the easiest way to block it is I'm going to have my center take one the guard will take the big guy because he's a big guy himself. So guard blocking defensive lineman tackles blocking a defensive end. So then my running back doesn't have to block a D tackle or a D end. So I'm going to put my running back on the linebacker, which is because that's the best physical matchup that we have, which means my running back has to get to the a gap. If I'm standing next to a quarterback, I have to run five yards And in that space, that guy's going to make a move or he's going to run over me or he's going to do whatever. And it's really hard to play in space. However, if you put that running back one yard off the ball in that a gap, he functions like another little baby lineman because there's this, there's no more space. So like if he goes to make a swim move, that linebacker goes to make a swim move, he runs into the guard's ass. So you have to play in a phone booth then. So like, (laughs) that's one of those things. Like, uh, again, another basketball example, when you see a, an offense playing against a two, three zone and they don't put their post on the free throw line to try and catch the ball and condense the defense a little bit Mm -hmm. and start sifting around there. You're like, what are you guys doing? That's such a stupid, easy thing. And then you see them do that. you're like, okay, there you go. Like that, that is the simplicity level. And so I like, again, talking about how making offensive linemen city hall and simplifying the decision-making process. I know you have to block the linebacker. You know you have to block the linebacker. The linebacker knows you have to block the linebacker. Let's not pretend like we are, we're not all on the same page here. Put you in a position to make your job easier. So they'll they did that, and it was A gap, B gap, C gap stuff. Like they would, if there's a known pressure against a smaller guy, just put the freaking running back up there because it, it makes it makes my life a thousand times easier that I don't have to run five yards in space.
0: Well, and I thought it was interesting. Then they would flex the tight end out too. And make him another like standing receiver, you know? Yeah, like, because in, in motion. So well, it's like, yeah, you just would like, you rather?
1: Would you rather throw a ball to uh, Easton Dean or Gabe Burkle at six seven, or would you rather throw a ball to Eli Sanders at five ten two hundred, right? Or six foot two hundred? Like, I think your best wide receiving option between the two of them is a tight end. So let's not chew up our tight end blocking a linebacker when a running back can block the linebacker. And just simply by the nature of the position, it's going to take me as a running back a hell of a lot longer to get to five yards down the field than it is for you as a tight end. If I can just move you out. So like again, simple things is running backs can block. So let's have them block tight ends can catch. So let's have them catch like easy. It's just little simple things. Put your post on the free throw line in 2-3 zone. That kind of simple stuff.
0: And the tight ends were impressive. Uh, just as a position group, especially when, you know, Do- Deshaun Haneke, who was the most proven of that group, didn't play. But you still get, you know, Easton Dean looked pretty good. Uh Burkle Gabe, looked really good. Gabe Burkle made a really impressive touchdown catch. Uh uh Jack Bjorn and Tyler Moore gr- didn't play, right? Tyler Moore didn't play either, but then Jack Bjorn had some catches, Andrew Keller had a bunch of catches. Like they that group is deep. There's a bunch of guys that you can throw out there and feel like you're probably going to be okay, especially when you consider that two of them are are hurt and didn't play.
1: All those guys are going to see the field, like in some form or fashion because that body type with the athleticism that they have, you if you <laughs> imagine being a guy on the kickoff return team, and the missile, the guy that's coming to knock you and run through your face to make the the kicker turner bounce is Gabe Burkle, mm-hmm. who's six foot seven, 270 pounds. And you got to stand in that guy's way. I mean, he's like Dylan Sainer 2.0, basically. Yeah, like, no thanks, man. But I think he's even a little bit more. Sainer played really tall. Like, Sainer was six seven and played at six nine. Burkle is six seven and plays like a, a lower to the ground he, he uses his body a little bit better than Saner did. Saner is just huge, but he's
0: like six, five, actually. So
1: six, five. Okay. So he, sorry, I gave him an extra two inches. So he's six mm. five two seventy. Um, But you have all those guys, those at, the really athletic bodies, that you can start interchanging. And you mentioned, you know, you have a running back going up or uh, it, like playing an H back position to play blitz pickup. The shortest guy is Hanukkah and he's probably the most athletic of the bunch to be able to actually go make plays. So you can then take these really athletic, six really athletic guys. And depending on the matchup, get whatever formation you want and leave uh, Stevo Klotz in as an attached tight end, you move Eli Sanders up as a blocker. And then Deshaun Hanika and I don't know, Easton Dean or Tyler Moore are out as receivers. Who's gonna cover that? So like, depending on the situation, you probably don't have a Charlie Kohler in there. Like Hanukkah is going to play really well, but you don't have a Charlie Kohler in there, right. but you have two or three guys that can sort of serve the role of that because there are legitimately six or so guys that are between the fullbacks and the tight ends. They're going to be plagues consic- uh, significant snaps just in this offense because of their skill set.
0: And I would wonder how much, you know, the tight ends popping out had to do like Jalen Dole, Jalen Noel didn't play Demetrius Stanley didn't play, uh, but you did have Jaden Higgins. I mean, I think like Aiden bitter, Daniel Jackson, like there was a, you know, quite a few guys that were in the mix, but, uh, didn't have those top guys there that, you know, the tight ends kind of had to step up and take some, up some of that as well.
1: Yeah. As the interior receiving threat. Cause that's where Jalen's going to live, especially mm. because, uh, the outside receiver slots are actually pretty solid. But, uh, big, I mean, Demetrius standard didn't play. He's got to be a little bit more consistent this year, as opposed to last year. Um, but the guys that really stood out to me, I mean, Higgins looked really good. He's, yeah. he's bigger than I expected him to be. Like when you stand next to him, you know, you see the numbers on the page of he's what six, three or something like that. But like he looks bigger in person and then the other wide receiver position. So Daniel Jackson, again, just got to be more consistent. Um, but Kai Black. I mean, that kid, that how, in the, how in the hell is he 17 or 18 years old? Right. He looks like an I mean he's an NFL body. And and Ben Nagoye didn't play either. Um, so the 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 guys that played that stood out to me, I thought Bitter played really well. He's just smooth. Mm-hmm. Um Kai Black didn't do a lot, but just when you watch him move around, but I think Greg Gaines is gonna be a star. I yeah. think he's absolutely gonna be a star. He's got a really aggressive hands and he does he's not afraid to go in and chop it up. Like he's you're going to, you got us. I got a safety to go get. All right. Cracks neck. Let's go get him. So, like, I think Gaines is going to be a star. And I think having he might, he, I mean, again, I didn't see Ben Ngori play and Standard didn't play. So, I don't, Jalen Noll didn't play. So, I don't know what the ac- exact receiving core is going to be going to look like, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's your kind of your first platoon is Higgins, Knoll, and Gaines. Like, I, that wouldn't at all surprise me if those are your three your top three wide receivers at your X, Z and M or whatever they call that slot position.
0: And the most exciting part is that group is still super young. Like Demetrius oh, yeah. Demetri Stanley is the only senior in that room. Uh, and
1: Higgins is a sophomore, or junior transfer.
0: Higgins and Noel are both juniors. Uh, Daniel Gaines Jackson a, is a junior.
1: Gaines will be a true sophomore.
0: He's a redshirt freshman. Oh, redshirt freshman. So they got a redshirt yeah. last year. Yeah. So like they've got a bunch and they've Nugoy's got a bunch a, of redshirt freshmen. Nikoi is a true freshman. Um, Kai Black's
1: a true freshman bitters is a sophomore. He's like a ju- he's a Richard junior too. Richard junior. Okay. So like, yeah. but you still have, it's a really young group. Mm-hmm. So they're going to, I mean, you have to replace Xavier Hutchinson, which is a tremendous task. However, the ability level of everybody there is really high. Now, the thing that I want to see, which I saw more of, so like, Xavier, notwithstanding, like take him out of the bunch because he is such an exception. He's so good. But the thing that he did really well, that it didn't look like anybody else did except Jalen at times would do. He just wasn't as consistent is competitiveness when the ball is up in the air. Like that's, I think what Alan Lazard's greatest attribute is, is he is a competitive mofo that when the ball's in the air or there's a block that needs to get done, I'm going to lose my foot before I let you get off this block or I'm not this. It's a contested catch. I'm either going to catch this. I'm going to break your neck defending it. So like that's the type of competitiveness and the guys that like Higgins like displayed that competitiveness Gaines displayed that competitiveness. And like, like I said, I think I thought Aiden played really well. I just wasn't in quite that situation, but there was more aggression towards the ball in the wide receiver room or in the wide receiver position than there was last year against Xavier, notwithstanding like other guys. That's what Stanley's problem was, is he wasn't aggressive to the ball. He would get open, but then he wasn't saying, this is my ball to take. This is mine. Give it to me. So Hanika did that last year. Xavier did that last year. Noel did at times, but I think that was the thing. Gaines, Gaines and Higgins were the two best at that. As far as ball comes anywhere near you, it's yours to lose. It's not that it's not a 50, 50 ball. This is my ball. You better take it from me like that. That was, I was impressed with was the competitiveness of the wide
0: receivers. Last thing on the offense. And you know what kind of year it is when it takes us 30 minutes to get to the freaking quarterbacks. Everybody, everybody's out here sitting there. They're like, what the hell are we doing? Why haven't we talked about the quarterbacks yet? What'd you see from Hunter deckers? What'd you see from the quarterbacks?
1: That is the hardest position to judge because like it's seven, it's glorified seven on seven. like, so yes I think Hunter deckers has the is, is probably the best arm of any quarterback in Irish State history save for maybe Brett Meyer you know like the throws that he can make are unbelievable His problem is not throwing his problem is processing power like when he like I'll just two metaphors to explain this one is I last couple years ago I tried learning drumming And I still enjoy it. I had to sell like the drum set because I didn't have time. Um, I grew up musical stuff. Anyway, so when, if you can go like with your right hand and you can go like this, then on just two and four, go like this with your left hand. And then you start adding your feet and no longer, this doesn't becomes that it's Mm -hmm. not that you can't do it. It's not a physical incapacity. It's a processing thing is that when you start throwing everything on onto your plate, your hands start to get screwed up, your feet start to get screwed up and the stuff that should be easy when you make it simple or uh, when it is simple, once you add more layers to it becomes a problem. And so Deckers has a processing problem more than he has a physical ability problem. He can do all the stuff he needs to do. And that's not saying he's a dumb guy or he's can't, he's not incapable of doing it, but The second metaphor is that when you try harder to undo a processing problem, it's like a finger trap where the harder you squeeze at trying to pull yourself out of the problem, the worse it gets because the more you're thinking, the more you're frustrated that it's not working, the more you're thinking. So it's hard to tell how effective and how much better he is this year than last year, when there is no threat of him getting hit because he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to incorporate that his, His bass drum pedal is no longer involved in this. It's just the stuff that he's comfortable doing. So you didn't get to see a processing thing. That being said, there is a huge um, advantage to having your offensive coordinator be your quarterback's coach, who is a quarterback that instead of saying this play should work, what are you seeing to make this play not work? You can flip that and say, what are you seeing? Like I need to know what are you feeling? What are you seeing right now? And then I will call plays to what you're seeing. So when you can understand the difference of not saying this, you need to be able to hit this Z receiver on this route at this time, it's saying what's going on. I I need to understand because I'm with you every day. I can tell when you're frustrated. I can tell when you're staring down the barrel of something. Um, so physically looked really good, but I mean, the jury's out. I would say the, that Rocco, I thought Rocco, uh, just talk about competitiveness. I thought Rocco looked really good and comfortable and competitive in the times when he was in more so than Deckers. But I would say that again, there is such little information that you can actually take from it. Um, so JJ Cole is going to be good too. JJ Cole's gonna be really good. I, I will say this though. Like when I was watching JJ, the comparison and really don't come at me here is the comparison for JJ is Peyton Manning in that. He is when he, when Peyton was at Tennessee, he wasn't a runner per se, but he could run when he had to because he used that le- his legs as an option that was calculated into what was happening. Because JJ's game, he has a big arm, but Decker's arm is bigger. He can run, but Rocco's faster. It's the fact that on any given play, he's going to be standing there and going I can see that this safety is going to do this. This linebacker is going over here. This defensive end is going here. My, def- my wide receiver is going to be there. This play can't work. Hey, I need you to instead take your route two yards longer because it's going to, I'm going to fit right there. I'm going to throw it through a tire and it's going to hit you exactly where it needs to go. And so it's the accuracy and rhythm and timing that his game is based off of that. He just doesn't have enough reps yet to do, but once he does, that is an important Possible offense to stop when that quarterback is playing like that. Like mm-hmm. he has the potential to get there. That's why his his ceiling he's so, so many stars and his recruiting ranking is so high is because that's his potential is accurate, smart, quality decisions, competitiveness, leader. All of it's right there. He's just got to get more reps. And he is a genuinely
0: massive human being. He is every bit of six seven. Yeah, oh. like he he makes hundred decker. Hundred deckers is a good size guy. Like not short by any means he makes them and, and makes Rocco especially look short like standing what's, next to anybody what's
1: what's funny is so his mom did worked out at, and still kind of does off and on when they're not in like athletic season recruiting whatever so his mom worked out at the gym his sister does ai and jj did ai for acceleration iowa for a long time and then uh did personal training with my business partner so one summer i don't remember what summer it was i uh i would only come in at like noon or something like that. And he would do the training at like 10. And so I would see him at the beginning of summer and my business partner is taller than JJ. And by the end of the summer, JJ had like three inches on him. And I'm like, what, what happened? How did you get to be six, four? What? what? So yeah, it's, it was fun watching him go from like five, seven to like six, three in about 18 weeks. So yeah. What JJ's a huge kid.
0: TJ's sitting over there like, Hey, if it don't work out you we, know uh, we need some forwards man we, hey the scout team could really use some help man and yeah i think he's a pretty good basketball player i don't
1: know it. I haven't, I haven't seen his game but oh i didn't even know six, he played basketball at six seven know. you and you're you got the accuracy of a quarterback i mean i imagine you got to be at least a decent basketball player
0: i would think so i would think so i didn't know if he played basketball or not i mean obviously not this year because he was uh early enrollee but uh all right last thing talk about the defense a little bit what uh What do you think uh, just generally? It's hard to tell with the defense, especially since half the time they were playing more thud, not full tackle type of stuff.
1: Yeah, um, I would say the if we just go like position by position, what do I expect them to do relative to last year? I think the interior defensive line will be better than last year.
0: Yeah. I think on average to be very good
1: interior defensive line with guys like Isaiah Lee and, uh, Dominic orange, like those guys are the ones that kind of stick out. So the interior defensive line, I think will be better than last year. The outside rushers, they're going to take a step back. It's just, there's no way that you can be Will McDonald again. Um, however, I think they're going to be deeper. You're not going to have, you're not going to have Will but you also aren't going to have like, you're going to have five guys that you can reasonably throw out that play that position. And they're also mostly going to be bigger. So will, he was a much better run player than he had been in the past, but he's not a run defender. Like he is an outside pass rusher. His, his game is not to play a three technique pass rush style, but you get uh, number 11, What's his... Tyler,
0: Tyler Ondiedem.
1: Right, so you have someone like that who? Wh- what's he listed at? 6'2", 6'3", 275, two seventy five, two eighty maybe.
0: He is listed at six foot four, two ninety two.
1: Yeah, so you have him playing that position, which that's a better fit for someone like him, which is where the defense is kind of at its overall kind of peak. You just need be- you need pass rushers from that position. So I think the it'll take an on average it'll be about the same you won't have any stud. I don't think you're going to have any like stud will McDonald guys, or even MJ Anderson. Like, I don't think you're gonna have one guy that's going to get all the sacks. Uh, but on average, they'll probably be better against the run than they were last year. Uh, linebackers, probably a push because it's hard to tell. Like you didn't like, uh, McLaughlin didn't really play. I think he was dealing with something. Um, and the Missouri kid, I mean, he's only been here for three months, so he's still got to learn the intricacies of everything. Um, so linebackers, I don't know too soon to tell corners. I think are going to continue. I mean, the corners are going to be yeah, real good.
0: TJ Tampa and uh mouse
1: purchase both didn't play. Uh, and so Darian Porter is going to be another guy. Like the more reps yeah. he gets, Darian, when you watch him move, he runs. And I don't mean this any loose non, he runs like a deer where every step, the amount of bounce that he gets from every step is freakish.
0: Oh, that's, that's why he's one of the most incredible human beings I've ever, or like high school kids, any of those kinds of things that I've ever seen compete because when he ran on the track, dude, he ate up the track. Like he was one of those people that went every step would eat track, you know,
1: it's absolutely insane. So yeah. you get him more time at the position. I think he'll end up being, I mean, purchase is a competitive dude, but when you have a big wide receiver, you're probably going to have Tampa Porter and purchase on the field at the same time, because they're physical enough to do that. Um, and I think, so I think the corners are going to be a step up because it's basically the same group. So, uh, they're going to just be better. And I think the safeties you lose Anthony Johnson. So there will be more volatile, like the good plays will be better, but the work, the bad plays will be worse. I think at least early, while they're trying to get, while they're trying to acclimate to not having a guy like Anthony Johnson, However, outside of T. j Tampa and maybe Dominic Orange, I think the the best pro prospect on the defense is Malik Verdun because what he the way he moves at the size that he is is uh what's the dude that got drafted by the Cardinals he went to Clemson he plays out' like a linebacker
0: oh,
1: uh, isaiah something yeah isaiah isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons, that's who his body type reminds me of, is an Isaiah Simmons type guy. Because I mean, w- what's he listed at? 6'3, 210? He's huge. If if he's not listed at that, I mean, he is he is a huge human being to be playing that position and he moves really well. 6'4,
0: four, 214.
1: That guy, it's uh, it's Isaiah Simmons is the the style body or the body style that he's so I think he's the best pro prospect. On the defense, and he hasn't barely played very much. Let me so, put it to
0: you, let me put it to you this way: uh, he's listed at six four two fourteen. Miles Mendezune, who was one of their like primary uh, edge guys the other day, is six four two twenty.
1: Yeah, it's freak. It's an absolute freak. And so your your safeties are going to be because Bo didn't play. So yeah. um, did we ever get resolution on Freeler or Freiler? It's a freeler freeler. So you got freeler Verdun and Cooper are going to be your three safeties
0: on average. Uh, And Cooper didn't play either. Yeah. So
1: on average, those guys are going to be, I think better aggregate than the other ones, but because the thing that Anthony Johnson brought is a stabilizing factor that like, you're usually not going to be out of position. Like nobody's going to be out of position because he's going to say, Hey, Bo get down. Hey Malik move Cooper, get up. You know, like he's going to put everybody in the right position. Freiler or Freiler is probably going to have to do that, but the other guys are going to have to take some of that responsibility on themselves, which means more screw-ups are going to happen. Like th- there's not a guy that is going to be as consistent as Anthony Johnson was, but with the talent of those three guys, I mean, across the board, that is, they, that might be the best safeties group by the time all of their careers are said and done that Iowa States probably ever had like just at the same time because of Freeler's an NFL guy, verdun's an nfl guy haven't seen enough of cooper up close to know but like those two guys are for sure i mean they're nfl players so like that the
0: safeties group i'm really excited about but there are going to be some learning curves up and down a quick little plug speaking of anthony johnson he's a little busy this week you know got something coming up i don't know if anybody knows got the nfl draft coming up this weekend hoping after the draft anthony johnson's gonna come right here on the podcast and chop things up
1: hey He's a what a nice human.
0: Yeah, he's one of the best, as good as it gets. Uh, one of the one of my favorites I've ever covered. So we're gonna have him on here, hopefully, sometime in the next couple weeks, so people can look forward to that. Uh, all right, last thing that I wanted to touch on, man, it didn't take more than. What twenty minutes of the scrimmage starting? The special teams guy's already on the hot seat, dude. (laughs) Like, come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) Miss the first kick of Miss the first kick of the spring game. Two botch, two botch snaps. I mean, what are we doing here? So, I'm I'm completely kidding. Before anybody, (laughs) before I get any text messages asking me why I'm why I'm saying that the special teams coach is on the hot seat, I'm completely kidding. I want to make that I want to make that clear.
1: I will say this. And again, I want to educate the fans as best I can. So when you're having a conversation with your uncle, uh, at like a barbecue or mothers, you're at the family dinner for mother's day. There are two elements of special teams that a coordinator would likely be in charge of. One of which is substantially harder to improve quickly. So one of them is scheme. So, and I'll include execution in that scheme, which is where are guys lining up who are they blocking how are they tackling how and how well are they doing that it's the scheme of the coverage or the return we're blocking this guy we're tackling this guy we're aligning everybody this way so that's one and honestly they weren't terrible at that last year they were just inconsistent they were kind of all over the board the angle of the punter was really weird last it was year odd odd it's yeah. like 45 degrees and shortened the corner anyway so that's like that that's what they thing. didn't
0: but they didn't have a pun blocked. oh wait no they did like, never mind they did have uh, numerous punts blocked I would, Oh, oops. I thought that was the year Ooh. before I kind of got confused. Sorry. Nope. No, I actually legitimately was uh, just wrong there. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, they, uh, several last year and it's, yeah. it's oper- so that the, the angle the setup was bad, but the other thing is called operations, which is snap, hold kick. It is. And on a punt, it's just snap kick. So the operations time and the operations effectiveness is like improving your basketball shot where it just takes a lot of repetition and a lot of practice and a lot of confidence that that's going to happen because you can't just say, kick it better. All right. I mean, sort of simple, but the, the correlate to a lot of those things is like, I use, you know, golfing examples and basketball examples, but like a golfing example is you have a driver and I'm going to put the ball on the tee, but I'm not going to put the ball on the tee until in your back until you're in your backswing. Oh, and also you're going to be at hole 16 at the waste management open with 30,000 people going to boo you if you hit it off the green. You got a little pressure. Yeah. Okay. Get over it. Like that's essentially the communication trying to have And snappers, are the same thing. Holders are the same thing. Kickers, the same thing. So like operations takes time to fix. And that was what they were super, super bad at last year. Operations was garbage last year. So his job is more in operations fixing than it is scheme fixing. And the scheme was fine. Operations was still okay, but that just takes more time. So if you are one of those people that is trying to like, fire the special teams coordinator chill (laughs) chill two things scheme is better ops takes time
0: i just i hope that when matt campbell interviewed that guy he told him he's like hey you don't even understand the hornet's nest that you're walking into right now okay you have no choice but to deliver otherwise like your ass is grass immediately if
1: you don't hit if we don't hit 80 percent of our field goals and get an average 45 yards of punt,
0: and stop having punts blocked. Like that's literally it. That's like, such,
1: Oh my God. That's such an easy fix. That's it. That's all scheme. Well, not all scheme. It's like 60% scheme, 40% operations, which is it Perkins? Is he still a punter? Yeah. Get got to get rid of the ball, buddy. Like got to go faster. Operations yeah. got to be better. So we're, it's a slow process getting there.
0: Hey, at least I got all summer, got all summer to work on it now. All right, Jeff, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you again. Not too far from now, I'm sure.
1: Well, you got a vacation, so enjoy yourself.
0: Uh, I will enjoy myself. I'll uh, I'll talk to everybody again soon. We'll talk uh, here again on Football and Random Things. Peace.